All right, let's do it. All right, so one of the things that was noticed is that when looking at what's not here right now, because that's what we were talking about last night, started entering that conversation of what's not here. And it's like in a moment, it'll be seen that there's no doubt. Okay. But then as soon as that's seen, the thought, oh, maybe there is some doubt or, oh, there is some doubt comes up. Um, out of curiosity, is that the evidence of the doubt? Or is the thought, oh, there is some doubt or, oh, maybe there's some doubt. The doubt itself. And then just another one to access or another one to see. Perhaps. <clears throat> when. The um, let us say the thought of seeing occurs. That it has the quality of wow, there is no doubt right now. Which is a statement of the child. Then the conceptual mind will come in uh, in the sense of uh, throwing water on that first thought of, oh, yes, there is doubt. Or you ain't got nothing yet. Or, you know, those kind of uh, yes. uh, thoughts. Oh, no, what can go wrong? Yes. All yeah. right. So those are the kind of thoughts that we have to actually be paying attention to. Um, Basically, that's going back to uh, clearly. Right in front of you, there is no problem. And yet those thoughts that there must be a problem, there must be doubts. Is that old programming? That's the, the parent ego state or that's the old tapes. That are coming Absolutely. to rain on the parade. Yeah, because things can't be that good. Yeah. You haven't worked hard enough. You don't deserve this yet. Yeah. And those are the kind of um, uh, underlying qualities of it. And that happens, I think, a lot in our culture to where we don't praise our children enough for the things that they get right. That the things that they get right are, um, let us say, par for the course, just average. Let's stop paying attention to what we've got right because you've got that right. Let's go pay attention now to what needs to be done. That's not right. Yeah. So you can't dwell on what's good. You have to dwell on what's wrong in order to make improvements. So the question is then. The child or uh, the concept, the adult uh, concept seeking perception that comes up and says, oh, there is some doubt here, even after it's seen clearly that, oh, there's no doubt here. What is being asked here is that, oh, there is doubt here. That thought is that. That's it. Is that the doubt itself? Yes. Meaning there is no other 
other someday or some other moment doubt. The doubt is right there in that thought. Mm-hmm. The doubt is, is, is this good enough? Yeah. Right. This and is it's, not, it's, the, or the worry about that this is not quite right yet. Yeah, and it's the thought that mm-hmm. contains the doubt. It's not, it's not that the thought expresses some kind of um, thing somewhere within me. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I had to say me. Uh, I, I had to. Um, that You've been good so far. It, yeah, I know. Oh, shit. <laughs> I did it again. Um, you did. <laughs> I did it again. So what's being asked here is the, the doubt that is being talked about that is being asked about to you, is that doubt in, is that doubt just that sentence? There's no doubt beyond that sentence is what I'm saying, Ah, is what is being said. Okay. The answer to that is, is that that thought of, but what if there is doubt? Yeah. Yeah. Is a thought of doubt that is a thought and that the wiring goes in the uh, in the mind that if the parent says a doubtful word, then the child is obligated to have some feeling about it. And, and one of those would be the feeling of doubt. Mm. Okay. So there is a feeling. So you're, the feeling isn't driven from the words? I thought it is. Can be. Can be. Can be. Okay. And the feeling can drive the words. But if the feeling drives the words or the, the thought, then where did the feelings come from? Something contacted us. It had to come from the thought. Right. right. It had to come from the previous thought. Previous thought. Yeah. Right. Right. So thought, feeling, thought, yeah. feeling, thought, yeah. feeling. And sometimes they spiral down into. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. And so the sooner that we can catch. The sooner that can be caught. Yeah. OK. Then the less intense it is. And it takes. That's why fast right effort is easier effort. Imagine that, um, let us say, in a football game, the quarterback is downfield ready for the pass. When the ball gets within his vicinity, the closer it is into his vicinity, then the more likely he's going to be able to catch the ball and the less likely he's going to have to work very hard to catch the ball, including jumping sideways five feet into the air, holding his hands out and barely is able to catch that football in a spectacular way. Okay, lots of effort. But the point is, is that if he had been standing closer to where the ball was going to land, or, uh, come by, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then it would have not taken so much effort. Mm-hmm. In other words, if he had seen more correctly the ball in the air and its way of heading or its trajectory, its ballistics, mostly trajectory, then he would <clears throat> be in a position to catch it. So we can also do that 
in the sense of when these thoughts come, if we can catch that stuff quickly, mm. then it's much easier to catch. I mean, actually Good. grab hold of and do something about it. Yeah. But if it's um, when it is thought after thought after thought, which is happens with the beginning meditator, mostly that what the skill is developing is the skill of waking up sooner and sooner mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also waking up enough. Mm-hmm. So these are the qualities of sati is, is waking up sooner and waking up enough. Uh, and and also um, once we wake up sooner now that we awaken up, can we continue to apply that sati over and over and over again? And so that's when we begin to build the speed of it. So the frequency, the intensity, and the speed, but frequency and speed are not the same thing. Let us say, how long does it take when you're not mindful until you are? And then when you are mindful, can you continue it on for a while? <laughs> so that's a way of looking at it. So when when these thoughts of uh, of seeing there's no doubt and then the thought comes, oh, but there must be. Then we can say, aha, I see that thought. And I can go back and reestablish that, in fact, there is no doubt. And then take a sigh of relief, really give the child credit for, wow, there's no problem. There's no um, doubts. Yeah, how that plays out in the mind over here is that when um, (laughs) when the the. Uh, when the object is seen clearly of worrying that there's some kind of doubt, what will the imagery that will happen is uh, the the jet stream uh, and and bring it, it in for a hug, and then there will be a thought, uh, a spoken word of, oh, that's okay. Don't need to don't need to worry right now. Just come be over mm-hmm. here. Come come be in this joy. I'm inv- inviting yeah. you to come enjoy this joy over here. Ah, with me. so basically you're setting a new set of standards. Yeah. Or yeah. you're changing the critical thoughts. Everything's a problem. Yeah. That exactly. needs to be fixed. All the standards and the rules and this house is good, but that that one's better because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. All of that kind yep. of stuff. We could change that into a more nurturing, like, come over here and sit down. There's no problems. There's no worries. Yeah, come enjoy this joy over here. Yeah, uh-huh. it's exactly. it's joyful over here. And I'm and I'm and and I oh, <laughs> I think what <laughs> is being noticed here is that the, the the joy is becoming more prevalent. So it's like. Here's the, you know, the duke, the dukkha or the objects that um, are are be, are bringing brought into the joy, and the joy is like bigger. It's like mm-hmm. bigger, so it's it's like you know, it kind of has a kind of gravitational pull after a while. Yes, precisely. Or uh, you could call it instead of gravity could be called centripetal force. Centripetal force? Centripetal force. 
In other mm-hmm. words, once you get things rolling, there is a force that keeps them going mm-hmm. and it keeps them circling around some object. And that uh, that pull between the centripetal force and the gravity then is the balance that keeps things in motion. Mm. Now, let's uh, put that back into psychological terms. And that is, is that um, we have now replaced our intention or our, um, let us say, expectation <coughs> or our attitude as a new stance that all of this joy then can circle around because that's what we're building we're changing uh the mind from um a loser a victim uh a, a charlatan uh one that has to play dirty in order to survive all of this kind of stuff that happens within the mind is due to the attitude of I was born as a little child. I was completely dependent upon my environment. And it seems that way still. That I am out of control in my environment, that the environment affects me. So that means in order for me to be able to survive, I've got to go out and infect, uh, affect the environment. I've got to go out and fix culture. If I could get culture fixed, then I wouldn't have any trouble. Right, 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 right. And look at how many people give themselves how much trouble trying to fix the system. Yeah, yeah. We've got literally millions of people sometimes dedicated hours and hours and hours a day trying to fix the system when it's their heart is broken. Mm. So when we recognize that it's not the system that's broken, that the reason that the system is broken is because it was built by a bunch of broken hearts. And there's no changing it with a broken heart got to go fix the heart we got to change that attitude of that uh, so basically that means is that most people have that center point and we gravitate around it as our world view all right the world view is either a democrat hating republicans or republicans hating democrats or Rus- uh, russians hating chinese or chinese hating <clears throat> taiwanese or whatever it is we've got a world view and when we change that world view we change it to a world view of everything's all right there's no problems we can handle anything there's no worries here Okay, so that's a different world view kind of thing, a different orbit to circle around. Okay, another question. All right. Thank you. So, okay. So, um, noticing that whenever there's not full attention, on sustaining the wholesome and attention is dispersed elsewhere like a meeting a work meeting cooking mm-hmm. hanging out with abby etc there's either a diminishment of the wholesome or perhaps there is a lack of attention on it 
and it becomes this phenomenon where it will be noticed that I was out of it. And then after noticing, it'll be like, oh, was out of it. We'll go back into it now. It's okay. like, it's like, I understand not ever wanting to do anything else because the least amount of doing allows the wholesome to be sustained more fully and enjoyably. This is something I, that has been noticed. Yeah, especially okay. today. All right. Just curious Have if you had you? anything to say about that. Oh, a lot. <laughs> Have have you ever have you ever heard the uh, the Bible verse of uh, whatever thy hands findeth to do, do it with all thy mind, all thy strength, and all thy heart. Okay, which means get put some skin in the game of what we're doing. Most people do whatever activity they're doing while their brain is scattered. Scatterbrain are actually now all circling something else, like I can't handle this, or I don't know what's going on, or uh, I've got to prove how good I am, and all of that kind of stuff in these meetings. Okay. But there's another way of looking at it. If you are, in fact, uh, what your hands have found to do is, let us say, this meeting then that means that we're going to put all of our attention into what's happening right now. And what's happening right now is a dialogue and people are talking. And so instead of thinking about what I'm going to say next, I'm actually listening to what the people are saying. That's the reality of the moment is really go into what's happening in this present moment by being in your senses, basically not trying to make sense out of it in uh, in a way of, oh, if I can really get a handle on what they have, are, are saying, then I will know what kind of response to have to it. And off we go into a new cycle, not paying attention to the reality of what's going on. We're in our head. This actually happens with people reading a book or right. reading an article on the Internet is that they start reading it because it's interesting and about, a uh, uh, gosh, sometimes even a paragraph in. Somebody will make a statement in the in the book and get the reader's attention, and he'll still off and go on that while his eyes are still going down the page, but his mind is over here. And when he gets down to the bottom of the page, or maybe at the end of the paragraph, he says, wait a minute, I'm not paying attention to it, and we can go back to the book. Guess what? That's much more difficult to do in a meeting. Especially if somebody keeps asking people to repeat over and over and over again what they just said. So it's better to learn to pay attention to what people are saying. Gotcha. So that's it. When you're with a uh, girlfriend, be with girlfriend. Pay close attention. She loves that. When you're really paying attention to her rather than all on your own. Okay. What about the whole on that when when you are being uh, when you're talking and people are listening to you intently, you know it and you like it. And when people are ignoring what you're saying, you know it and you don't like it. Sure, sure. That's fine. But this yeah. is a this is a very new practice. And we're talking about 
rewiring the entire conditioning of the mind. So what's being said uh-huh. here, what, what the, the reason why, um, the reason why this is, this is thought of as important is my main, uh, <laughs> there it is. The main point to you is is that whenever there's not full attention on sustaining the wholesome and attention is dispersed elsewhere, that whole experience of things being wholesome of this, uh, of the house of cards, you know, uh-huh. that being developed on this piti the suka, how is it that one is to just do what they're doing while also developing this skill still. All right, here's the issue. You use the word dispersed, which is also scattered, which actually does happen. People live a life of scatterbrain. They go off into meditation and they get some um, solidity. They begin to uh, get a beat going. They begin to get a rhythm going. They begin to get into a different kind of circle rather than being scattered all over the place. And then they go back into society again, or they go back into a business meeting, or they go back to the girlfriend, and they get dispersed or scattered again. Never mind, know that. Then we come back and we practice again and get the mind back centered and um, in a rhythm, get some poetry going, get some joy. At this time, when we go back, we go back with the intention of, I'm not going to get scatterbrained in this, but I'm now going to take this attention that I've been focusing with on the mind to keep the mind from being scattered. I'm now going to point, put that on this object, which is now the girlfriend or the meeting, and I'm going to pay attention to this meeting and not get scattered. I'm not going to have random thoughts about this, that, and the other thing. I'm going to stay focused on uh, the person that we're looking at. Okay, totally understand that, and that sounds great, and there's even been an actual experience of that over here. It's called meta. It's just that, um, what about the thoughts that come up, the, the dukkha that comes up, and we're skillfully handling that dukkha? If yes, we're by in a throwing it out and coming back into the conversation, and then a thought will come, and we're going to do the same thing with that thought that we did when we were alone, and that is change that thought into a wholesome thought. Okay, okay, now, okay, 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 okay. So we're, we're not... in a conversation with someone, and that unwholesome thought comes up, now we're going to change that thought back into paying attention to what's happening. Mm. To focus on what's going on. Okay, so when dukkha comes up, instead of replacing that with a wholesome thought, we're replacing that with, I'm just, uh, replacing that with just being here now. Being here with the other person or the movie or whatever. And so, is it safe and to if assume you've got then? two skills? You can do that too with joy. 
is to come back knowing that you're coming back, to know that you're with the person, that you're listening to what they're saying. So and is that it you're safe? Communing with them and becoming that joy with them. That this okay. is the whole quality of the meta is, is that when you're with another person, really give them the attention that you would think that you would like to have. Even if one is watching TV or a movie, same thing, have that joy. All right, here's something then. Let us say that a, uh, a couple are uh, kind of sitting side by side on the cat couch and um, on the verge, but not actually cuddling. Mm -hmm. All right, and they're watching the movie. And that um, one then uh occasionally will just poke the other just like that just to keep letting her know that you're thinking about her enough that you're willing to nudge her every three or four minutes to bring us both back into the here now rather than absorbed into the tv touch her often once every three to five minutes if you're sitting close together so just wanted to be known to you that the fundamental concern here is sustaining the pity sukha while being engaged in these other activities, but not practicing the skills that brought me into the pity sukha while I'm engaged with them. There's a concern about that. Yes, okay. The concern then can be seen is now there is a new skill to be developed. And that new skill is uh, the good old English language to pay attention. Because if you are paying attention, then your mind is not scattered. It is not um, having any unwholesome thoughts in it, you're paying attention to what's going on, except that occasionally you do have thoughts. And the, now the new thoughts that are going to be happening or the wholesome thoughts would be, I am paying attention. Look closely. Or Remember I'm enjoying this now. And, smile, and I'm enjoying this conversation now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. And starting Thanks, to you. focus on what is happening in the present moment. Because that's all we've got. Is this present moment. It's the only thing that we've ever going to have. And yet we continually want to live in the past or the future. So if you're having a conversation or in a meeting, have your thoughts about this conversation or this meeting or what's happening right now. If you're sitting with your girlfriend, remember that you're sitting with the girlfriend. Remind her that you're sitting with her so she'll remember that you're sitting with you. It's just, I'm going to say, <laughs> it's just there's a little bit of a hesitancy around this because this, uh, this new practice is, is still very immature it's very premature it's very new i know 
I know, and, I know. And, I've and, been and, watching you. You've been busting out of that egg really in a hurry. <laughs> and, and and don't want to don't want to compromise it. Don't want to ruin it. You know, don't don't want to um, go right, into the well, ditch again for a only, week. If that's the only thing you've got on your mind here, we've got a place on the floor here on the porch. I can't, can't come there. <laughs> All right. So that means that you do have to deal with the world. Yeah. All right. It's well, just now that, that you have I'm, to know that you have to, can you go deal with the world? Uh, with joy, with the with the attitude, I can handle this girlfriend, I can handle this meeting, and then you go in and actually do that, putting some skin in the game. Pay attention. If you can pay attention to your breath, you can pay attention to your boss. Sure. And if you learn to control your breath, you'll learn to control your boss too. Sure. It's just that what I want you to know, and I, I'm saying I now. <laughs> I'm saying I know what I want you to know is that this whole time what's been going on is a complete dedication to this practice no matter where I am whether I'm by myself or with the world or whatever but the practice is noticing the whole unwholesome replacing it with wholesome it hasn't been noticing the unwholesome and then replacing it with being here now with what is in front of me but at okay. the same time it is kind of also still being here right now with what's in front of me, isn't it? Right. Yes. If exactly. I'm replacing the unwholesome. Except, except that one thing. Now the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that keep striking us and pounding us are not old things that happened already in the past. Now we have to go out in the world and deal with the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that are happening right now that are coming out of the world. Can you begin to dodge those too? Well, you can if you can see them coming. So just like the analogy of dealing with it in the mind, when it comes up in the mind, that's the new skill that we practice in seclusion. But we now have to take that skill back into the world. Can we take that skill back into the world instead of jumping back into the toilet of the world and live the way that we used to live? Now we can use those skills to develop new skills of being present so that we can play a really good game of dodgeball in reality. Why do you think that there's a readiness over here for, to do that? Because you don't have a choice for that. You've already turned down my offer to come sit on the porch. Yeah, no, but when we first started talking, you didn't give me, you didn't tell me this. What I'm saying is, why now? Why now what? Why now tell me this? Because you are asking the question about how do I handle the world? Not really. Well, you're saying you mentioned meetings, you mentioned girlfriend. Yeah, but that's not that's not the at the heart of my question. At the heart of my question is how can I maintain all this great practice I'm doing while being in the world? While the answer to that is by paying close attention to the world happily. Okay. What's right. happening in this present moment in your world? which could be a meeting, it could be a girlfriend, it could be a boss cheering you out. 
Okay. All right. All right. Whatever cool. it is, be there with it joyfully. Because if you can, in fact, get over all of the slings and arrows that wounded you in the past, you can get over this one, too, immediately by just stepping out of the way. Don't get hit by that arrow. Okay. okay. Which all means right. to pay attention to what's going on right now. But in fact, if you are paying close attention to what's going on, the likelihood of arrows and slings being thrown are less likely. Understood. Understood. Okay. Another question. All right. Um, this is, by the way, one that we'll have to visit over and over again. This is the uh, one of the most important questions of the practice. Great. Okay. Is how do I get away from it all? Next question is, how do I really get away from it all in the mind? And then the next question is, how can I stay away from it all when I have to go back and deal with it all? Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Um, thank and you. Over and over, we'll yeah. work on that. How, yeah. You have to learn how to deal with the here now by being here now with it. Yeah. Whatever the here now presents to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Um, also, notice that the joy. Uh, this is, yeah, this is, I, I kind of, I don't want to spend too long on this, but I'm just curious what, what you have to say about it, um, to help with this. So I, I and, and, uh, <laughs> okay. Going, taking the I, my, and mine and me out of the language again now. So also notice that the joy that sparked is greater when seeing the dukkha and axe flying back and forth into the hand or jet stream or whatever that imagery is compared to the wholesome thought that comes after like the ah great congratulations so mm -hmm. the concern here is when the axe or jet stream loses its effect or becomes empty there is fear expressed as the thought what will be my source of joy to spark that sati pity now when it's no longer what was being used before? The answer to that is that that's an unwholesome thought. No, that's that's known. That's understood. That's a wholesome thought. Just no, saying that's, it's an unwholesome thought. I know I, so, what? <laughs> it's known. It's known. It's yes. an unwholesome thought. Yes. OK, so when that thought comes up, you can say, aha, I see you too. So and take the joy that's from normally, the fact that you can see. That's normally what is done. OK, all, all right. right. All right. Um, there, this is not that nuanced. This is actually back to basics is no. to recognize un unwholesome thoughts as unwholesome rather than giving them the power that you've always given them because this is the parent ego state saying oh no what what if this is the what if or uh, what about ism it's what, what what's being talked about specifically here is that joy that enjoyment that comes from the mm -hmm. imagery that enjoyment that comes from seeing the unwholesome if that enjoyment runs out of juice or it becomes that emptiness wait a minute wait a minute about. wait a minute it runs out where did it come from in the first place 
came from within. Well, be more specific. It came from an insistence of cultivating joy, enjoyment. And what is the cultivation then? Literally, you talked yourself into feeling good, and now you're talking yourself into feeling out of it again by saying, well, what if the technique that I'm using is not going to bring the joy? That's the statement. The what if... Uh, no, no, it, n- no, 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 it's not bring the joy. No, it's not that. What if that doesn't bring the joy? It's what if it's not enjoyable? It's what if the practice becomes unenjoyable? All right. Can you see that as an unwholesome thought? Yes. Can you see? Aha! I key that on as an unwholesome thought. What if the practice becomes un un uh, unenjoyable? Aha! I see that. Yeah, yeah. And there's the joy. Okay. All right. That's the joy that comes back. It's see, tr- what you're doing it's... is you're talking yourself out of feeling good with those thoughts. And so all you have to do is say, aha, I see that thought too, because we've already now identified that that's an unwholesome thought. And you can replace it with the wholesome thought of, ah, I see that one too. Aha, uh-huh, I caught you. You're not going to pull me out of this tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And correct me if this is wrong. But how that appears to me is that like the joy that that has been cultivated is like the anchor now. So when when we see the unwholesome thought, it's like. It's it's kind of easier to see the unwholesome thought because the anchor is joy. There's something to compare it to that is. is In other words, you're in a different frame of reference or you're in a different circle or you're. Yeah. um, Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Um okay, now this is something that's that that's interesting. I only <laughs> This is only experienced today. So, I'm noticing that the wholesome state that was abiding for the past few days and for the past week, it now arises and passes away more quickly. And I was just curious, is that normal too? Or or does it indicate that there's not enough skill in sustaining it? Because I also know also what's noticed is that all it can take is just a nice deep breath and there's like joy pretty quickly mm-hmm. again there. That's right. So what your the skill that you're developing now is a furthering the skill of seeing what thoughts are wholesome and what thoughts are not wholesome. And some of the thoughts that you're seeing now that are unwholesome would uh, at first uh, look like that they're wholesome because you're checking your practice. How is my practice? What's this? In other words, you're going through a self-discovery phase. But later, after you've gotten yourself into that state, if you continue to have those thoughts, now they become a hindrance to you. All right. What, so which thoughts, as you're if, progressing, if the, the thought as, 
am I doing it right? Or what if the joy, the what if, what if, what about isms that happen? What, what if my, <laughs> what if the thrill is gone? Or what if the joy is gone? Or what if um, the practice that I'm using doesn't bring the joy? Well, mm, maybe that's going on. I mean, I, I've seen those thoughts going well, that's on. that's what you just said. That's it's not all said. I said, though. That's that's yeah. not all I said, though. That's that's not all I said. What what I'm saying is, um, I was noticing in the beginning that the wholesome state was abiding, and now the wholesome state. You know like what I mean is like okay, it would be like ahead. yeah, it would feel good, be wholesome for you know maybe the whole day, a number of hours throughout the day, with little moments in between of like noticing the unwholesome, replacing that, whatever. Yeah. But there's right, something so like congratulate yourself for that again. Just say it's okay because the way the tone of voice is going, sliding down here, is almost as if there is a yes but coming. I just, Domorado, I I need a minute to just say what I'm going to say, please. I I know what you're going to say, and it's that. Things are going along really well, and then they stop. Yes, it's just yeah. that I don't I don't know if it's because there's unwholesome thoughts going on or there's just been so much exposure to this joy that the intensity is just dropping. Because it'll get really intense, and then it'll be yes. like this. It'll get really intense, and it'll get like uh, this. Is and, the really intense more, um, uh, let us say, satisfactory? Than the less intense? I'd say so. Sometimes. Yeah. All right. So now when it gets less intense, can we be satisfied with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we talked about that, the pity melts into sukha, which melts into upeka. Okay. And one is just as satisfying as the next. If you allow it to be. It's up to you to de develop this satisfaction. So that you could be satisfied while you're intensely listening to your boss chew you out. You could be satisfied when the meeting goes on and on. You could be satisfied when that obnoxious kid uh, down the, uh, the corridor there puts his uh, charts up and tries to explain to the audience what he's doing. Any of that kind of stuff, you could still be satisfied. Uh, in the case of the meetings, we also have the obligation to pay attention to what the meeting is doing. And therefore, you can derive your satisfaction from knowing that you're paying attention to the meeting. This is the satisfaction. And so when those thoughts come of what if this, that, and the other happens, and then I don't feel satisfied, the answer to that is, hey, I could feel satisfied anyway. I can feel safe. I can feel secure. I can feel comfortable. I can feel satisfied. <sighs> and that elation of success comes and goes with that as a base. 
But if you're not satisfied, you're not going to get any of the uh, yeehaw success. So always keep satisfaction as the base. This is what we're shooting for. No matter what's going on inside or outside, if there is a hindrance in the mind that prevents us from being satisfied, we say, ah, I see that. Taking a deep breath and the satisfaction comes right back again. Feeling frustrated right now, Tamarado. I know. Look at the frustration and say, aha, I see you, frustration. I've got a handle on you now. <sighs> Alex, frustration is almost your favorite feeling. I've, I've, I've been doing so well. I haven't had this. Great. Okay. So congratulate yourself. And when the frustration comes, you say, I see you, frustration. You're back again. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Okay. The frustration will return, and it will return, and it will return. The question is, how good are you, how skilled are you are catching it before you get super frustrated? Can you just get a niggle of frustration? And there's, ah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. And take a deep breath. And let that frustration pass. Or you could get stuck in that orbit of frustration. Okay. <laughs> and right now you're not nearly as frustrated as you were just one minute ago. No. Victory. Congratulations. Success. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. I, so I see a, that frustration. No, see it. Yeah. Because you are not frustrated. You are not frustration. You are the one who sees the frustration. Yeah. Um, I like to just use I now because. Because <laughs> it's too much work. <laughs> yeah, it's getting. It, I don't want to put it's, more on. It's a habit. It's a habit to be developed. Yeah, I think what I want to do is is do uh, do that practice with you, um, when we have our calls. I've noticed I've also done it like sometimes when texting. Just you know, I've just noticed it throughout the day. Well, but, here's the point. That's the point is to begin to notice how many of the thoughts are self-referential. Yeah. I are. think, in my opinion, and, and each individual is taught to keep bringing his self into every event and every occurrence. All right, and the better thing to do is to be the witness rather than the one who is involved in the event or the yeah. um, uh, the one who is frustrated. Rather, it's better to just see frustration as frustration rather than jumping in its sewer. Yeah, okay. Okay. Um, and you can. You can stand back and be able to see frustration. Aha. Rather than, oh, I feel so frustrated. Yeah, I could see that one too. Mm -hmm. I, I feel so frustrated. I can see that. I see uh -huh. that. Mm -hmm. 
Ah, oh, that's okay. You are not the frustration. Come take, a, come have a hug and enjoy this joy with me. Right, come enjoy the frustration. Um, a warm so, fuzzy frustration. So all in all, I, I, I want, I want to make, I congratulate myself for starting again today. Okay. Um, every day is a new day. So many times, not so many. But about five or six, when I started this practice with you, I would be in the ditch for like a week or days, <laughs> and I would give up. And today I started again, and that's great. That's that's awesome. Um, it, it 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 was challenging. It was challenging today. Right. Well, um, here's the point. Here, listen. This this is important. The main skill that we are developing is the skill of Picking yourself up, dusting yourself off, and starting over again. Okay? Most people think the practice is staying out of the ditch. Well, isn't sustaining it part of that? No. Well, no. That's the whole point is once you've gotten up. But uh, the, the point is, is that, no, we need to practice getting out of the ditch over and over again because you're going to wind back up in the ditch never mind how good you are at sustaining it you're going to wind up back in the ditch and we need to develop the skill of coming out of the ditch in fact that's the first thing and you just mentioned that in the sense that you would spend week in the ditch mm-hmm. now yeah. you're not going to spend a week in the ditch you can spend a day in the ditch but now you're not going to spend a day in the ditch you're not even going to spend an hour in the ditch yeah all right, that's the whole point now is that's the skill of being uh, that's being developed is number one, recognize you're in a ditch and number two, get out of it with the right effort. And sometimes it appears that that ditch is too hard to get out of because every time you get out of it, you fall right back into it. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. but never yep. mind, you're actually developing the skill of uh, coming back out of it again and again and again and again. That's the skill to being developed is the skill of getting up picking yourself up and dusting yourself off. Now, here's the way of looking at it, is is that as we begin to get skilled at picking ourselves and dusting ourselves off, then we begin to get quick at not staying in the ditch very long. We come immediately back out of it. Then we develop the skill of, as we're going into the ditch, we begin to develop the skill of coming back out of it. It's almost like, have you ever tripped? And not actually falling down, yeah, yeah. quite often. That I just happened. Yeah, that's the whole point now, the is that now. Now the new skill is is that you're not you're just going to get tripped and stumble, but you're not going to fall flat on your face again and stay in the ditch for a week. I'm pretty confident I've already cultivated that. Yeah, that's exactly what we're working on. Then is the ability to slip and to not fall. Yeah, and see the slipping and the potential falling before it happens, too. As it as it happens, at least. As it happens, or even before it happens. Well, when you do it before it happens, now that's called wisdom. That's happening, too. <laughs> exactly. Is We begin to see the trajectory of things. We begin to say, oh, if I don't look at that route and avoid it, I'll trip over it. And if I trip, I might fall. And if I might fall, I might hurt myself and lay in the mud for 
a week. Now that's interesting. You said that because the other, the other insight I thought I had today is that the Duca itself, when I see something as Duca, like I see you and acknowledge that as Duca, that that in and of itself is in some sense Duca too. Because if I could just enjoy this moment and just cultivate this joy in the here now and enjoy enjoy this and enjoy that and and, and congratulate myself and and say that's a success and and all that and have all these wholesome thoughts, why I need to look at dukkha? If I have all this wholesome stuff going on, why do I need to look at dukkha? So eventually, it sounds like it kind of gets to a point where you can just. Oh, I don't need to, I don't need to know exactly what thought that was, but I know, I know that that was Duke. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay over here in the joy. That's exactly correct. Okay. So even now, uh, see before we wanted to make sure that it's Duke before we had to get rid of it because it's my thought, but now you're cultivating it to the point that I'm not even going to have to look at it that closely. I'm just going to throw this thing out and get something better. Good. Good. So that is okay then, right? You don't need to well, know exactly what color it is, you know, what kind of clothes it's wearing and, you know, wh- what it likes to eat method. for breakfast. <laughs> that's the Mahasi method. Okay. And in a way, that's also psychology. Yeah. And we're not practicing psychology and we're not practicing that kind of Mahasi method. We're practicing it just enough to know what is wholesome and unwholesome. And that's all we need to know how it's dressed and what color it is and how it's related to the other dukas and all of that kind of stuff. No, this thought is dukkha. Good. Out it goes. So going upstream then, going upstream, I had an experience today where I noticed this, this, this process happening. And as an experiment, Instead of focusing on whatever that unwholesome thought was, instead of even taking the time to do the imagery that I'm doing, right, and replacing mm-hmm. it with wholesome, all I did, as I said, oh, I saw it, congratulations, and I took a breath. And then I started more and more and more to focus on and enjoy each moment of the breath. Long mm-hmm. inhale, long exhale. While I was working, I wasn't closing my eyes. I was working going on the computer, like um, uh, looking up people to call. And I was able to notice each moment of the breath and really enjoy it as it was happening. And then whenever the unwholesome would show up again, it would be the same thing. Oh, saw it. Whoop, I'm back. Whoop, saw it. Whoop, I'm back. Over and over and over again until what I started noticing is I could just I could just be looking at my screen and then it would be like unwholesome. Oh, I saw it. Okay, I'm back. Oh, I saw it. Okay, I'm back. And it was just like that over and over and over again until until the breath started taking a very, very long time. The longest inhale and longest exhale I've ever experienced. And then something even weirder happened. The breath, the breath started going. I started observing the breath going beyond the point at which I thought I was going to start exhaling. So I thought, okay, I'm going to exhale now. I'm going to start the long exhale. And it would go beyond that point. And I was like, okay. 
I couldn't control it anymore. And I started to gag and yawn a lot. And I was like gagging on the yawn. And I, I was just curious if, if you knew anything about this or if, 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 uh, if this makes sense to you. Yes, it does. Because the yawning has to do with tiredness. Now, that tiredness can happen. In fact, a lot of yawns happen because people are not breathing well. Like in the meeting, meetings are a place where people yawn. And not only that, but you've probably heard that yawns are contagious. Basically, what you could say is they're not actually contagious, but when one yawns, it gives another permission to yawn. Now, also, that means that yawning is associated then with taking a deep breath. So it would be natural to have it triggered in reverse so that you're taking deep breaths. The yawn reaction is there. But in fact, I imagine that you're actually fighting having a yawn right now. Because we're talking about yawning. And it's a very amazing thing that when people start talking about yawning, they have the feeling that they need to yawn or they want to yawn. You can feel it in the jaws. Can you feel anything in your in the face now about yawning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my throat. Yeah, okay. So, yawning is associate. <laughs> I, so. I was wondering when that was going to happen. <laughs> so, Don Murado, um what about what about the part that I was saying that the breath got longer and longer and longer and longer. And then I started, it was like. After getting longer in the sense of very, very long, but perhaps not deep, then that might have been triggered because in fact, you weren't getting enough oxygen. And so the yawn triggered it to have a, a, a deeper breath. No, I mean, and I don't in know. Fact, that's what deep happens to me. is that in the practice that uh, the breathing does get longer and longer and longer and longer. And if the body is completely relaxed at that time, Was then it's relaxed, much yeah. more practical. Uh, it's much more possible then to go into the fourth jhana. But what will happen is is that if the breath gets really 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 long that the body is not completely relaxed it was then it needs more energy and so therefore a need for the breathing and so that yawn is a triggered reaction okay and and the yawn is triggered in back in the back at the with the penile and pituitary glands and it has that yawn which is also almost a gasp for air so Jeff was, I, I told Jeff about this, you know, Jeff on the mm-hmm. Senga, and he mm-hmm. suggested, he suggested talking to you about this because he thinks what it could have been is an experience, an insight into no, uh, no self. Because what ended up happening is, I don't know if you caught this the first time. Oh, I well, I like that this. joke too. There's a joke in there and it's just, oh, that's me. <laughs> yawn. <laughs> when you begin to see who you really are, you take a yawn because it's boring. <laughs> and we thought that we were so special. <laughs> so there's that quality to it, but that's kind of more of a joke. Okay. Yeah. So what what was happening is that I was taking, I was going on the inhale, and what uh-huh. I what I'm trying to tell you is that 
normally I can just take an inhale for as long as I want and an exhale right. for as long as I All want. Right. Okay. In this case, what I'm saying what happened is the inhale went longer than okay. I tried to make it go. It was as if something else was controlling my breath. And so what um, Jeff was saying perhaps is that we have no control over processes. Over process. Some we don't. Absolutely, you don't. You do not. In fact, there is no place in any of the suttas, and I was worried about this being in India for a while. Why doesn't the Buddha have heartbeat as an object of meditation? The answer is you can't control it, so it has no value. There's a lot of process. I mean, why don't we meditate on digestion of food? It's because we can't control that. But why then do we have uh, mindfulness of eating is because we can control the movement of the mouth. We can move the tongue around. We can move the food. We can suck it dry and swallow the juice and then continue to chew, to chew on the, uh, the roughage. This is all possible. And so this would be an object of meditation because it can be controlled. But heartbeat. Don't control that. Therefore, we don't have that as an object of meditation. So yawns, as we're saying, are almost involuntary, just like a sneeze is almost completely involuntary. However, they are a little bit voluntary that people can stifle a sneeze. There's also the issue of uh, touching the nose around here that if you have are about to sneeze if you rub this area of the face and nose it will prevent a sneeze so there is some control the same thing is true there is some control over a yawn but not completely that when you yawn you can stifle it you can force your mouth to be closed you can yawn on the inside but keep your lips together or you could just let a whole yawn go what the about whole, the breath, though? What about the breath? Because uh, I was well, asking you about the I've breath. Already talked, I've already talked about how the breath is tied to yawning. That big, deep breaths will trigger a yawn, but then long, slow breaths that are not getting an oxygen will trigger a yawn. Both, both of those oh. would be yawn triggering. No, I, uh, I, I got situation. that part. I got that part, but I asked something different the second time. Okay. <laughs> the second time I asked you, I said, what happened? What is happening when the breath, the inhale goes beyond the point? It's really a hard way to of thinking about that. Why don't you no, wait, look please, at it please. this way? This is something for you to discover for yourself that in fact, I think that we're getting a little bit too much in the weeds with exactly how to practice and exactly what's going on, which is your style of being perfect. A lot of this has to be looked at from the perspective of uh, an adventure. Of discovery rather than having it all put down on the map before you go into the territory. Yeah, okay, I just... Okay, the map's not the territory, and so there, there's a lot of it that we can't talk through. I just feel like we, we really haven't... Seen. We really haven't been... Um, 
we really haven't been on the same page much tonight. I feel like a lot of the things I've asked or said, maybe you, you didn't hear or you, you answered them in a way that was different from how I asked. And Well, that's the intention, is to get you out of your frame of reference and get you into a, uh, a reference of discovery rather than the uh, the situation of I've got to go find what uh, in reality what I see on this map. Please tell me all about the map so I can go find all of the dis- uh, and discover all of those things that are on the map. And my position here is, is that the maps are never going to be complete. There's always going to be things that are in the territory that are not on the map. So reading a map is not necessarily the best skill that we're going to develop, but rather the best skill that we're going to be developed is is to look at what's going on, to pay attention in the present moment. Yeah, what I did. So you're coming away from those things with a whole lot of questions. To ask me rather than just say, oh, well, that was nice. I'll look at that again when I see it. Okay. All right. All right. A lot of these details are not really important. What's important is, can you see unwholesome thoughts as unwholesome and then change them to wholesome? That's the big one. Okay. For everybody, not just you, but for everybody. Yeah. And, and, and And whether a thought is wholesome or not is for you to discover for yourself. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to go relax. And and it's okay we're not on the same page tonight. That's all right. We can handle that. That's all right. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. I'm quite satisfied. (laughs) Okay, good. Me too. Excellent. All right, well, I'll go talk to Keyshawn for a while, and we'll catch you later. All right, thanks, Tamarado. We still have Petitia Samapada. So continue with the exercise of knowing how your language continuously brings self into it, self-referential language that we use. Yeah. So continue playing with that, okay. making it a game. And when you, uh, like when you said, well, I don't want to play the game right now, recognize that too. Because you don't have to be perfect at it. It's okay that you use the word I. Yeah. But in fact, when you do it, one of the things that you can do then is that you can make it really, really big and juicy. Like you heard me, 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 me do. All right. So that's exactly how to practice it. Instead of saying I and then uh, letting it slip, what you can do is break it big. I, 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 I see this I, and then you can do it with <laughs> Okay, cool. Bring it up and make it a toy when you see it. All right. I will Other do that. Excellent. Excellent. Have fun. This is a new toy to play with this human mind. Okay. Enjoy it. And here we thought that the duty of that mind was to go figure out the world. The real duty of the mind is to figure out the mind. Hmm. And then we can deal with the world easy. <laughs> the world is easy peasy when you've got the mind straightened out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Domerato. See those hindrances. Watch closely. Ah, I see that thought of doubt. 
Aha, I see what him. If, what if the joy is gone? Ah, I see that thought too. Okay. All righty. All right. Thank you. Until again. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye.